Good morning, and welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb. I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. Now, I'm happy that you joined our program for today. We are continuing our study of why I'm a member of the Church of Christ. And our lessons are based on a book that was written by Leroy Brownlow of the same title. And today's lesson is lesson number 10. We're in the second installment of that, or maybe the third, I guess, now. Uh, but the reason being that it believes the Bible is a book to be rightly divided. And certainly we do believe the Bible to be a book to be rightly divided. If we fail to rightly divide the Word of God, uh, however we might do that, then we are not teaching the truth. It's important that we keep the Old Testament and the New Testament in their proper place. It's important that we recognize uh, the things that are taught us as fact regarding God's Word and God's will, uh, that we keep those in the right place, separated from false teachings. Uh, we are, are enlightened in some of the ways that false teachers work and in some of the things that they teach through God's Word, but it's important, important that we rightly divide the truth from what is false. We recognize the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. We recognize the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. The things that were required in the Old Covenant are no longer required for us under the New Covenant. And so we understand that, that the book, the Bible, is a book to be rightly divided. We've gone through some of the basics as to how the Word of God is divided. We uh, have divisions not just between the Old and the New Testaments, but between the things that are written in the different Testaments, such as the, the difference between uh, the patriarchs and the time that they had and the way that the law was given to them, as opposed to the way that the, the law was given to the prophets. And even in the way that the law is given to us today under the Gospels and the New Testament. Um, but so many different ways that we can look at rightly dividing the word of truth. And certainly we do need to take it very seriously. And we do need to rightly divide the word of God. Just to, to get a, a text, a central text for this particular lesson, we're looking at Second at Timothy chapter 2 and verses 14. Chapter 2 and beginning with verse 14. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers, but be diligent to present yourself approved to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we as Christians, we do need to rightly divide the word of God. We need to recognize it in its proper context, everything that it teaches in its proper context, and make sure that we are doing 
as God has told us to. Before we begin our lesson for today, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the blessings that you've given to us, and we thank you for this day. We thank you for our time together, for the ability that we have to study your word together, and we pray, Father, that all things that we study today will will be to our benefit, that they will help to edify us, that they will help us to grow in our understanding and make sure that what we're doing is according to the scriptures. We pray that you would continue to bless us throughout this day, throughout our lives, and help us to be better Christians. Help us to do those things that bring glory and honor to you, and help us to set a good example for those around us. For those who may be sick or suffering, we pray, Father, that you would help us to provide comfort for them, that you would meet whatever needs they may have. And we thank you, Father, for giving us life. We thank you for your son, for his sacrifice for our sins, and for all that he means to us. And it is through Jesus that we humbly pray. Amen. Again, as we look at dividing the word of God, we have a division of dispensations. And that's what we have been looking at, uh, beginning with last week, I believe. There are three basic dispensations of time, and we've already looked at the patriarchal uh, dispensation. We have in the patriarchal dispensation the Word of God delivered to the patriarchs of families and passed on from generation to generation. And we know that this continued until the establishment of the law. In Exodus chapter, beginning with Exodus chapter 19, I believe it goes through chapter 24, but but especially what is revealed to us in chapters 19 and 20, as we look at what leads into the giving of the Ten Commandments. As we look at the the patriarchal age, we see that that this was a particular time, in, uh, again, in which the the message that God wanted to deliver to his people, he either delivered it directly to them or through uh, some kind of mediation, through an angel maybe. Uh, we know that, that this type of revelation of God's word continued even after the patriarchs in the form of God's revelation to the Gentiles, for instance. Um, but that particular way, that particular method of giving the law is not something that is present with us today. We do not directly hear God speak to us as the patriarchs did, but we have God's word revealed to us in a very different way, and we'll look at that more when we get to the Christian age. Right now, we are looking at the Jewish age, also known as the Mosaic Age, in reference to Moses. An outgrowth of the promises of temporal and earthly blessings, uh, we see that these things come through Abraham. There was a promise that was made to Abraham in Genesis 12, beginning with verse 2. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And we know that God did 
use Abraham's seed to bless him in the form of a great people, a great nation that came through the bloodline of Isaac, his son. Now, as we look at the Jewish people, we see that the law is given to them through Moses. God gives him the Ten Commandments and he brings it to the people. And there some, are some extenuating circumstances in the, the latter chapters of the book of Exodus. Uh, he comes down from the mountain. He sees the people in idolatry. He breaks the commandments, uh, at least the stone that they are, are written on. And, and so he has to, to carve the stone for himself this time. And, and God gives them the law upon that stone. Uh, but anyway, he brings it to the people and they are given law. The family system of worship was enlarged and developed into a national system. Each tribe was given individual responsibility. The tribe of Levi, for instance, was given responsibility in the order of the priesthood. But the Jews were to remain a separate and distinct race until the coming of Christ. They were separated from the people of the earth. They were to keep themselves undefiled, pure, holy, uh, free from the defilement of the world. And we see as this law is established that it is a shadow of the good things to come. In Hebrews chapter 10, beginning with verses, verse 1 and reading through verse 4. Hebrews 10 and verses 1 through 4. For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually, year by year, make those who approach perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshippers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sin. As we look at the law in its establishment, we see a shadow of what is to come in the Christian age. We, we have these animal sacrifices, but those animal sacrifices are, are no more good for the people than anything else that they might do without the blood of Christ. It, it looked forward to the cleansing blood of the perfect sacrifice. And so those sacrifices were made looking forward to the Christ who was to come. As we look at this old law, it was in the form of types and figures of the new covenant. First Corinthians chapter 10 and beginning with verse 11. Now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages 
have come. So as we look at the new covenant, we we can look at its establishment. We can look at, at how it is given to God's people as a representation uh, of, of even going back to the Old Testament. There were things in the Old Testament that were a representation of Christianity, rather. Uh, the tabernacle and the temple, for instance. The sacrifices of the people versus the sacrifice of Christ given as the perfect lamb. You may have heard it said in, in time past. I've heard this many times over my, my life. That the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And certainly that is the case. We see the New Testament within the Old Testament. We see the Old Testament within the New Testament. But we have a a very limited understanding of one without the other. We also find that the law was a schoolmaster or tutor, so to speak. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 24. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. The old law was given to bring us to Christ. We see that those who followed the old law, they were justified by their faith and by their obedience, by the things that they did in obedience to God. And so today we are justified also by our faith and and by our obedience, but in a very different way. It's in our obedience to the gospel plan of salvation, um, in obedience to the gospel, hearing, believing, by faith, obeying, repenting. Confessing that faith and being baptized for the remission of sins. We are justified in our obedience. And by our faith in God and our faith in Christ. The old law brought us to Christ. And looking back now, we understand the things of the Old Testament. We understand the representation of the Old Testament. It's representation of the things in the New Testament. Those of the Old Testament were not ready to receive the Christ and the gospel. And so this time period was used to prepare them for the coming Messiah. As we look throughout the Old Testament, we see many messianic prophecies that are made One thing that we find about uh, the Bible overall, something that I've heard rather recently, I do believe, but when we look at the Bible overall, it is the only religious book that not only provides promises and prophecy, but also provides the fulfillment of those prophecies. The Bible is a very unique book in that regard. No other religious document dares to make prophecy and record 
also its fulfillment. The law, as we look at the old law, was not without fault. There were things that that needed to be better established, and so they were in the new covenant. Even the Bible testifies to that very fact that the law, the old law, was not without fault. It, It doesn't mean that God was faulty in providing it, but there were things that it could not do. Things that would come later in God's perfect plan. Hebrews chapter 8, and let's look at verses 7 through 13. Hebrews chapter 8, and beginning with verse 7. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins. And their lawless deeds I will remember no more. In that he says a new covenant he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. The old law was not without fault. Again not according to God's fault but just in that it didn't provide everything that was needed for the people's salvation. They could not be saved under the Old Testament system alone, but only as far as it looked to Christ and his coming and the shedding of his perfect blood. In Romans chapter 8, in verses 3 and 4, for what... For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness or the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. We are to walk. Uh, Not, again, according to the worldly flesh, the things of the world, but we are to walk according to the Spirit and according to the Word of God. The old law was unable to take away sin. But Christ came as the perfect sacrifice, 
that the sins of the people might be taken away. They could not be remitted under the old law, but these sins, these same sins, could be remitted under the new, according to the obedience of the people and according to God's grace and mercy. Even in its establishment, we find that the old system of law was not meant to be permanent. It was not meant to be permanent. Let's look at Galatians chapter 3, and let's pick up reading at verse 15. Galatians chapter 3 and verses 15 through 20. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men. Though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed... No one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. And what purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now, a mediator does not mediate for one only, for God is one. According to verse 19 of Galatians chapter 3, this covenant was to last till the seed should come. That word, as we look at uh, different translations, maybe, But in most of the modern translations, the word seed is going to be capitalized for very good reason. The seed that is referred to here is not the typical worldly kind of seed that we would plant in the ground. But the seed was Christ in essence. He is the seed of God. He is the one that was to come, who offered himself as a perfect sacrifice, and until this seed should come, remission of sins. Salvation is not possible. That seed has come in the form of Christ, and because he has come, begotten of God, we understand that he is the one that provides this salvation for mankind, Christ is the seed, according to verse 16. As we look at this lesson a little bit further, we find the Christian age. We have looked at the Jewish age, the Mosaic age. We have looked at how it applies to us that the Old Testament looks forward to Christ's coming.
so it looks forward to Christ's coming. And as it looks forward to Christ's coming, we understand that that it is fulfilled in the New Testament. Sorry about the disruption there. This is live, and so uh, sometimes that, that happens, but uh, I do apologize for that. Uh, but again, uh, as we look at the Old Testament, we are looking toward the New, and so we are looking for, toward the Christian age. As we look at the, the Christian age, and we won't have time to get through all of this today, uh, but I will get into it just a little bit with you, and then we'll, we'll pick up here next week and maybe finish out this lesson. But as we look at the Christian age, uh, we, we find that the descendants of Abraham were to be blessed, and certainly they were. In Genesis chapter 12, beginning with verse 3 this time, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God made a promise to Abraham that he would bless all the families of the earth, all those that would come after him. We're not just looking at the immediate seed of Abraham, but now we're looking to Abraham as a father of faith, so to speak. And even we are the spiritual seed of Abraham if we live by faith. And if we do those things that God has commanded us. And so as we look at at the Christian age, God has made this promise to bless Abraham, to bless the peoples that come after him. In Genesis 22 and verse 18, it says, In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Abraham's descendants were blessed through his seed, namely the seed that was to come, Christ, through one individual, that being Christ. Jesus died for the sins of spiritual Israel, becoming the mediator of the new covenant between God and man. Jesus died for the sins of all mankind. He died for your sins. He died for my sins. And we are able to have those sins taken away from us, but only through the blood of Christ. Hebrews 9.22 says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And so we recognize him as the source of our salvation. We'll pick up here next week, Lord willing, and I thank you for your time. I thank you for being with me today, and I hope that the lesson has been helpful to you. I hope that that it's been edifying and uplifting in some way, and I look forward to continuing this lesson, Lord willing, next week, next Tuesday at 11 a.m. I hope that you'll join us again next Tuesday, and until we meet again. May God continue to bless you.
Breathe.